The dynamic ministry of Pastor Mark has blessed hundreds of lives across the globe. In this message, you'll be informed by the Word of God, reformed by the love of God, and transformed by the power of God as Pastor Mark takes us through a journey of the revealed Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the Word. to look at um, the benefits of soul winning and we, 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 we deemed it as what the commissions of the great commission yes. hallelujah Amen. and I went further to explain the meaning of commission when we say commission it stands for the profit or the benefit you accrue by transacting business for somebody for a third party we call it what commission so the great commission is we doing the father's business on the father's behalf because their souls don't belong to you you are not the one that died on the cross yes. somebody died on the cross and made his blood available for the redemption of people so all you are doing is that you are a third party you are just acting on god's behalf hallelujah Amen. and so paul put this in a very nice way he says we are ambassadors of christ so an ambassador is somebody who is acting on behalf of a nation to another nation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so in looking at this, we stated that the first benefit or reward for the Great Commission or for soul winning is what? Relevance. Yes. Which means that in this kingdom, if you are not a soul winner, you are not relevant. Mm. You are not important. Your importance is not or does not stem out of the fact that you are a Christian. Being a Christian alone does not make you important. Being a pastor alone does not even make you important. It is so winning that gives relevance to your Christianity. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, we stated that the second benefit of soul winning is what? It brings what? Elevation. elevation. Somebody say elevation. Elevation. And uh, those of you that listen to the podcast, we decided to split the concept of elevation into three dimensions. We spoke about the seat level. The table level and then the what? The rooftop level. Somebody say the seat level. The seat level. Somebody say the seat level. The seat level. The table level. The table level. The rooftop level. The rooftop level. Hallelujah. Now all of this information is coming from First Samuel chapter nine, where Saul's father's donkeys got missing, and Saul was given a task to go and look for these donkeys, and uh, that was a picture of the great commission like i painted on the first day because when jesus came his father's sheep were equally missing and jesus went in search of his father's sheep just like saul went in search of his father's donkeys if you are with me say amen amen hallelujah amen and so um in saying that we also saw that saul left the house now we are narrowing down to the subject of elevation today We'll be looking at the second dimension of elevation that comes through the Great Commission, which is what the table dimension. Hallelujah. Amen. We saw how Saul left the house as a son and came back as a son. Mm. He left okay. the house confused, but when he came back, he could not be refused. Yes. Saul left the house uncertain, but when he came back, his destiny was certain. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because before he went, God was setting him up for a certain miracle. Mm. 
If you are with me, say amen. amen. So this is what we call elevation. What is elevation? It is God lifting you up without an elevator. Elevation is God lifting up a man without an elevator. What is elevation? Elevation is when a nobody becomes a somebody to the surprise of everybody. What is elevation? Elevation is when God chooses to honor a nobody in the presence of everybody. So these were things that Saul experienced, not because he was Saul, not because he was handsome, not because he was taller than everybody, but because he stepped out of his father's house and went in search of the missing donkeys. He experienced what? Elevation. Elevation. And so from that account, we saw, like I said, we have the seat level, we have the um, table level, and then the rooftop level hallelujah Amen. so um the title of my message this morning talking about the table level is something is cooking something is cooking i want you to walk to three people give them a high five and tell them preach it to them tell them something is cooking something is cooking walk to three people get up from your seat walk to three people tell them something is cooking please get ready first Samuel chapter 9 22 to 24 Something is cooking. Something is cooking. Okay, the meet and greet is over. Can you take your seat? The meet and greet is over. Can you take your seat? Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 22. So all of that was just a little recap. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 22. We are taking off. Fasten your seatbelts. Don't be distracted. We are going 40,000 feet above sea level. Amen. First Samuel 9.22, if you have NLT, I will appreciate. But then when you get to the 24, if you can give me NIV, I will equally appreciate. Like we, all, we normally do it here, I'll read the first one, you read the second one, I'll read the third, and then we are done. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So the Bible says, Then Samuel brought Saul and his servants into the hall. In the Bible, it's just underline the hall. And place them at the head of the table. If the Bible is with you, underline table. Honoring them above the 30 special guests. Verse 23, let's go. One, two, three. Uh -huh. Samuel then instructed the cook to bring some the finest cut of meat, the piece that had been set aside for the guests of honor. Hallelujah. Verse 24. So the cook took up the tie with what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, here is what has been kept for you. Eat, because it was set aside for you this occasion from the time I said I have invited guests and Saul dined with Samuel that day. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together for the reason of the word. So from this account, we are seeing the replay of the two dimensions of elevation that I spoke about. But before we proceed, I want us to take cognizance of something that happened in the verse 22. Okay. The Bible says that, Then Samuel brought Saul and his servants. Saul and his servants into the hall and placed them at the head of the table, honoring them above 
special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, when the donkeys of Kish got missing, it was his son Saul that he asked to go and look for the donkeys. There was a servant in the house who decided to join Saul on the journey to finding the missing donkeys. Originally, he was not the one assigned to go and look for the donkeys, but he followed somebody who was going to look for the donkeys. And so when the honor came, he also enjoyed the honor. Yes. He was not the original person that was sent, but because he followed a sent man, mm. when the honor came to the sent man, he got his portion. The Bible says, I was expecting someone to tell the servant to wait outside so that Saul alone will enter. Because he's the one that God spoke to him about that he's going to become a king. So I was expecting, oh, servant, please wait. We'll attend to you. No. The servant joined Saul into the hall. I thought it would end there. He joined Saul at the table. Yes. So you can move from being a servant into becoming a relevant man or woman if you know how to save. Yes. You're not with me here. Hallelujah. Saul was the one that was ordained to become the next king of Israel. He was the one Samuel was looking for. But because the servant was in the company of Saul, every honor that came to Saul, the servant also enjoyed the same. This tells me that if you can follow, you won't follow. Yes. Number two. It also tell me that there are things you don't deserve until you have said. Mm, mm. You don't deserve until you say. It also tells me that if you can follow, there are certain things you won't fall into. This serpent moved from a nobody to becoming a somebody just by following so. Just by following so. The question I want to ask you this morning is that you may not be the one that is carrying the vision. You may not be the one that God sent or the one that God spoke to. But all you need to do sometimes is to find a man that God has sent, find a man that God has spoken to, and decide to serve. So that when the honor comes to the man, the honor can trickle down to you. Yeah. I prophesy over somebody's life that a dimension of honor is coming upon your destiny. In the name of Jesus. Are you aware? That the tail of an elephant is bigger than the head of an ant. Yes, sir. Yes. The tail of an elephant is bigger than the head of an ant. What it means is that some servants are bigger than some leaders. Mm. Mm. The tail is at the back. The head is in front. But the tail of an elephant is bigger than the head of an ant. Mm. So rather be the tail of an elephant than becoming the head of an ant. Am I talking to somebody here? Yeah. This servant, when I saw it, that thing struck me. I said, this guy entered the hall. Mm. This guy sat at the table. And the Bible didn't even mention his name. Which means he was a nobody. His name was not mentioned. But he had, Samuel's name was mentioned. Saul's name was mentioned. But this nobody got into the class of a somebody because he followed a nobody that was about to become a somebody. Yeah. I'm preaching better than you have If you don't say, there are things you don't discern. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Number two. The Bible says in the verse 23 that someone instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of the meat and place and the, the piece that had been set aside for the guest of Anna. This is where the, the title of the message was coming from. There is something that is cooking. Something is cooking. Now watch this. When Saul left his father's house, something was cooking. When he got to Ephraim, something was cooking. Yes. When he got to Shalisha, something was cooking. When he got to Shalim, something was cooking. When he got to Benjamin, something was cooking. Can I tell you this? Yes. Until you are on fire, your destiny will not cook. Yes. Deep. The moment he left his father's house, a cook was engaged to start preparing his meat. <laughs> Every destiny in God is on fire, is cooking. Mm. How quick your destiny will cook determines or is determined by the intensity of the fire. The more intense the fire of your destiny is, the quicker your destiny will cook. Yes, sir. Some people's destiny has been on fire for five years and been that. Mm. Because the fire you are generating is not enough to cook your destiny. This guy left the house, left his father's house. Immediately there was a cook that was employed. A cook that was employed, an animal was killed, a fire was set, the animal was sliced, there was a portion that was set aside. So ladies and gentlemen, as long as you begin to work with God, there is a set aside manifestation, there is a set aside testimony, there is a set aside breakthrough that is reserved for only you. If you don't show up, it will rot because only you are permitted to eat it. But you can never eat this meat until you leave your father's house. You can never eat this meat until you are about the Great Commission. You can never eat this meat until you leave your comfort zone. Stop your neighbor and say, leave your comfort zone. Leave your comfort zone. Your fire, the intensity of the fire you are generating determines how food your, your destiny, how quick your destiny will cook. The fire or the intensity of the fire you are generating determines how quick your destiny will cook. And the greater your destiny, the more the fire needed. Mm. Are, you, are you here with me? Yes, sir. The greater your destiny, the more the fire needed. So don't be comparing your life with people who are not going anywhere. Some people's destiny is like Indomie. It will cook in two minutes. Instant. Okay. Instant. Some people's destiny, small fire, it has cooked. Some of you, your destiny is like Willie. Yeah. Hey. Uh -huh. And we'll say, see, just 30 minutes. It's like today. When you come here, you go today. Your destiny is like today. You need one hour of intensive fire. But the today's fire is like the Indomie the person's fire. Hallelujah. There is a fire needed to cook your destiny, and that fire is released when you step out of evangelism. I'm about to go to somebody here. Now watch something here. The Bible says that in the verse 23 that someone instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of the meat. The finest part of it. The finest part of the meat 
was reserved. Someone, someone told the cook, reserve the finest one for the guest of honor. Even someone didn't know who the guest of honor was, but the person was coming. Can I tell you something here? Yes. Until you give God your best, you don't deserve the best. Mm. Wow. Until you give God your best, you don't deserve the best. You won't get the best part of the meat because you know Saul was a fine man. I taught you last week that Saul was a fine man. Yeah. But being a fine man alone, that's for me you get fine meat. What does this tell me? Being a fine lady does not guarantee a fine marriage. Mm. Being a fine man does not guarantee a fine marriage. Being a fine woman does not mean you get a fine job. Fine things come for people who can pay the fine on their destiny. Ah. You didn't hear what I said. Fine things come to people who can pay the fine of their destinies. Mm. The fact that you are fine does not mean everything will be fine. Yes, sir. He says, the best part of the meat, keep it for him. Keep it for him. Why? He gave his best. Do you know that that reward was to the father of Saul? Because his father released his son to go look for the donkeys. He could have sent servants. Yeah. Why did he send his son to look for donkeys when there were servants in the house? It was because he placed value on the donkeys. You cannot go for soul winning until you place value on souls. Mm. Yes, sir. Somebody here. Yes, sir. If you know the value of a soul, it will inform the agency with which you go about soul winning. Somebody say the table level. The table level. Look at the verse 24. So the cook took up the tie. Somebody say the tie. The tie. With what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Someone said, Here is what has been kept for you. Eat because it was what? Set aside what? For this occasion. From the time I said, I have invited guests. And Saul dined with Samuel that day. Hallelujah. Amen. Watch this carefully. Saul went looking for his father's words. Oh, you're not talking back to me. Saul went looking for his father's donkey. Which part of his body suffered the most in that assignment? You're not talking back to me. Which part of Saul's body suffered the most when he went out looking for his father's donkeys? His ties. So when he came to the table, they gave him taking time. They gave him the tie of an animal. What this means is that whatever you lose in evangelism, you will get it back later. Oh. When it was time for his meat to be brought, they didn't bring head. They didn't bring stomach. They didn't bring hand. They brought tie. They brought tie. There is a connection with the evangelism and the reward. I'm not talking to somebody here. Saul gave his legs, so he got a tie. Even though he was tired, he still carried his ties. I'm not talking to somebody here. Everything you lose in evangelism, God will satisfy you with it. Is it money you lost? It will come back as a tie. Is it energy you lost? It will come back as a tie. Is it opportunity you lost? It will come back as a tie. There is somebody here. God is satisfying you this month and this year. As you step up for evangelism, there is a renewal and a strengthening that is taking place. And everything you are losing, it is 
Amen. The disciples gave their seats. God gave them a throne in return. Do you know when Jesus met Matthew, he was sitting down. Matthew was a tax collector. He was sitting down. When Jesus told him, follow me, what did he leave? He left his seat. And Jesus, at the latter part of his ministry, said, for all of you, your message rejoice for your names are written in the book of life. When you go to the book of Revelation, you will discover that the apostles, there are 12 gates of heaven, and there are 12 thrones, and their names are written on the throne. So Matthew got a throne for losing a seat. Whatever you lose in evangelism, my brother, my sister, you will get it back. You will get it back. I'm not talking to somebody here. Yeah. Number three. When some uh, boy, Saul left his father's house to go and look for the donkeys, Samuel appointed somebody to start cooking his food. What it means is that when you work for God, you let others work for you. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. When you work for God, he will what? Employ others. He will petition others. He will coerce others to work for you. Whilst he was busy looking for the donkey, somebody was also busy working for him. Working for him. Cooking his meat. We only saw the meat. We don't know how even the animal was killed. Yeah. We don't know how the thing was prepared. But as long as he was working, somebody was also working for him. Somebody was working for him. If you can work for God, you will let other people work for you. Tap your neighbor and say, if you can work for God, you will let other people work for you. Now, the table level, in conclusion, because of time, I'm trying to run. I'll, there are about five things that happen at the table level. I'll talk about only two. Hallelujah. Amen. The first thing that happens at the table level is that at the table level, you will taste the goodness of God. Mm. At the table level, you will do what? You will taste the goodness of God. So first Samuel chapter 9 verse 24, the Bible says that so the cook took up the tie with what was on it. So ladies and gentlemen, I told you, whatever you lose in evangelism, it's not the same thing you will get. You will get more. Hmm. The Bible says the tie with what was on it. So there was something that came with the tie. It wasn't just the tie. So in Luke chapter 8, Jesus puts the word, give and it shall be given to you, but not what you gave. Good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, overflowing. God does not give you what He gave; He gives you more than what you gave. Want to go to somebody here? Yes, so the Bible says that with what was on it, you and I don't know what was on it. But let me tell you something: there are two kinds of testimonies. There is the testimony you see, and the one you don't see. The ones you, the ones you, you said are the ones you saw. But if God should open your eyes. The testimonies you have had without knowing it was a testimony. <laughs> Some of you escaped death without knowing. Yeah. You stepped on juju without knowing. Mm. You, you, you ate food that was poison without knowing. You ate a food that somebody had casted a ritual upon without knowing. You entered a car that was marked together an accident without knowing. The testimonies you have not shared are more than the ones you have shared. I'm talking to somebody here. Yes, so the Bible says the tie with what was on it. There was something that with the tie, but the Bible has said it. Only Saul knows. Hallelujah. Amen. So there are some things that God will do for you that only you, you know. 
Those ones, you can't even share them as testimonies. Only you know the time with what was on it. Hallelujah. Sato said, here is what has been kept for you. Eat, because it was set aside for you for this occasion. From the time I said, so at the table level, you eat, you taste. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Psalm 34, verse 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So at this level, you taste the goodness of God. Many of you saw meat, but it wasn't just meat Saul was eating. He was eating the goodness of God. To some of you, it was just meat, but it wasn't meat. It was the goodness of God. Now that meat there is an acronym. The M stands for something. The E stands for something. The A stands for something. And the T stands for another. The M stands for mercy. So Paul, how do you call it? Saul tasted the mercy of God. What is the mercy of God? Getting what you don't deserve. What is the mercy of God? When you have something that you were not expecting. This was a young man who was from a family of nobodies. He was a nobody, but he stepped out in obedience to his father's wish. He didn't know a throne was waiting for him. He didn't know Anna was waiting for him. He didn't know a blessing was waiting for him. He didn't know an anointing was waiting for him. But as he said, as he continued to look for the donkeys, a time came. His destiny collided with the mercy of God. The Bible says the table had 30 dignitaries. How could Saul find himself amongst 30 dignitaries when his family is not known? When his family is not known? That is what we call the mercy of God. What is the mercy of God? You don't deserve it, but you have it. The meat was the mercy of God. Are you, are you here with me? Yes, sir. Number two, the E stands for encounters. Ladies and gentlemen, there are certain encounters you cannot taste until you step up for evangelism. This one will not come by prayer. It won't come by fasting. It won't come by sowing seed. It only comes by evangelism. Saul wouldn't have tasted the meat if he stayed in his father's house. The A stands for anointing. There are certain dimensions of the anointing you can never have in your life. It is only released on the field. It is not released in a secret place. It is not released when you fast and pray. No, it is only released when you step out with the sole purpose of winning souls. Recovering what was lost. So when you read to the very end, Saul came into contact with an anointing. When you read further, the Bible says a time came, Saul began to prophesy. Yeah. The last one is a testimony. So the meat stands for number one, the mercy of God. Number two, it stands for an encounter. Number three, it stands for an anointing. And then the T stands for testimony. Imagine when Saul got back home. His father was worried that by now my son is missing. Uh, the donkeys have returned because someone told Saul that the donkeys you are looking for, they have been found. And so by the time Saul got home, the donkeys were there. His father was now, where is my son? And imagine Saul coming home. He left home as a nobody. By the time he was coming, people were following him. His father said, what is happening here? He said, Daddy, I have a testimony. Our story has changed. The story of our family has changed. We are no longer nobodies. Dignity has returned to this family. Honor has returned to this family. Prominence has come. Why? I obeyed you and I went in search of the donkeys. Ladies and gentlemen, there are testimonies reserved only on evangelism. 
You only find them on the highway of evangelism. There is a meat you have to taste. It will not come in your father's house. That meat is not your father's house. It's on the field. Imagine if Saul didn't go out looking for the donkeys. You would have missed this meat. Do you know somebody was busy cooking for him? Preparing meat for him? Praise the Lord. So at the table level, you do what? You taste. Do you know even Jesus, he had more than 12 disciples. There was a point the Bible says that Jesus sent 72. Yes. Huh? Yes. On the day of his ascension, Paul tells us there were 500 people mm. around. When Jesus so there were the multitude. Yeah. 5,000 plus for those who ate the bread and the fish. There were the 500 who were around when he was ascending. There were the 72 and there were the 12. Mm. Aside the 12, there were the 3. Peter, James, and John. Yeah. At the last supper, who were those who tasted the communion? Wasn't it the 12? Yes. Where were the 72? Where were the 500? Ladies and gentlemen, the fact that you are a Christian does not mean you have a hard body. You have a taste of everything that God has. It is for those who are ready to go the extra mile. Yes. The 72 were sent for an assignment all right. They were equally disciples, but the 12 were the ones that were always with Jesus. They suffered hunger with him. They almost died at the sea with him. They were the do or die followers. They tasted the last supper. They so at the table level, at the table level is reserved for those who go an extra mile. It's not for everybody. That's why the Bible says those who were invited were just 30. How many Israelites were in Israel those days? But only 30 were invited to the table. It is not for everybody. This evangelism I'm talking about is not for everybody because not everybody will be great. Those who are listening and dispersing here, it's just a sign that you have signed up. I don't want to be relevant. I want to be useless in the kingdom. Yes. It's not for everybody in this church. Listen, I'm saying right now, it's not for everybody. It's for a select few that God is, as I'm talking, God is talking to them because God wants to make them great. Because there is a meat they are supposed to eat. It's not for everybody. Only 20 were invited. At the last supper, only 12. Only 12. Hallelujah. Amen. So at the table level, what happens there? Taste the taste. You do what? Taste. You taste the goodness of God. You taste the meat of God. What is the meat of God? Mercy. The mercy of God, Encounters. the encounters of God, the anointing of God, and then what? Testimony. The last one. At the table, you have access. Mm. At the table, you taste, you eat. Number two, at the table, you have access. Now just imagine. Saul, as a nobody, he finds himself in the company of 30 influential and influential men. Special guests. And yet there was this guy who was not special, but he found himself as a special guest of honor. Wow. He was not special. Mm. A special man does not go looking for donkeys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the non-special man became the special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, mm. the late Amidam Belitis. He became the special guest of honor. And the honor saw us and peso. There is something about following God. The future is so uncertain. But the uncertainties are good uncertainties. You have no idea what God has prepared for you. You think your destiny will come from your salary. 
So you are laboring hard to work. You are joking. <laughs> One day of God's blessing, 10 years of labor cannot pay for it. Yes. A day in God's blessing. If God says, if I like spend one day in God's blessing, ten years of labor cannot pay for it. How how would Saul have found himself in the company of thirty influential men and women? Do you know what who Samuel was in those days? I told you last week. Samuel was more powerful than the king in those days. When he talks, everybody is quiet. If Samuel does not pray, nobody eats. Go and read first Samuel chapter nine. They said we are waiting for Samuel because if he doesn't pray. Nobody is permitted to eat. He was powerful. How did this non-entity, looking for donkeys, find himself in the company of 30 influential? And the Bible says, someone made him the head of the 30. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Why? He was looking for donkeys. Mm, mm. The benefits of evangelism. At the table, you have access. So, you know, when Saul left that, that, that table, he left with his contact list updated. Yes. Yeah. With the numbers of 30 influential and influential men. Wow. He came without contact. He left with contacts. Yes. Yeah. One of the blessings of God I have discovered personally is when God gives you contacts. Yeah. Contact reduce prayer. Yeah. You will spend that time fellowshipping with God. If you don't have contact, you spend more time because some things are not a prayer away, they are a phone call away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's the truth. Initially, I trivialized that, but I discovered recently that contacts are very powerful. And one of the things that God gave the prophets of old was that He gave them contacts. When you look at the life of Elijah, it is when it, how do you call it? Elijah talks that Ahab moves. Ahab will not move until Elijah has spoken. So before the rain came, he told Ahab, get your loins, pick your chariot, and go ahead of me to Jezreel. It was then that. So a king was taking orders from him. Elijah, contact. Now when Elijah came to the Shunammite woman, who was dejected and worried, he said, what is the issue? What is the problem with you? Should I call the king or something for you? This was somebody that had a king on speed down. Look at Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. I told you people the last time that because of so winning, the Holy Spirit caused Philip to find himself by the eunuch. Preached to him, baptized him, and disappeared. Because if he didn't disappear, the bodyguard of the eunuch will ask him, how did you get here? So after he preached to the eunuch, he disappeared. Many of you thought it was a miracle. It was an escape mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> The question will be, Oga, fine, you are the evangelist, no problem. How did you get into this chariot? Because those days, well, how they built the chariots was that where the people sit, they cover it. You get it? So if you are outside, you cannot see. Having to watch Chinese movies and those things, how they carry the, the, the last scale in those things. They are always in something like a palanquin that is covered. And the guy is inside like that. Then they take the movie. <laughs> Last killer. So Philip entered the thing. That was even the more reason why the Ethiopian eunuch listened to him. Because the question, how did you get here? Before the Ethiopian eunuch realized that they were sitting by him. And Philip said, Shh. <laughs> And if you are the eunuch, you will be deep quiet. Because the question you'll be asking yourself is, How did this guy get here? 
when they finished, they baptized him, and then he disappeared before they could arrest him. <coughs> How they feel it? Do you know who the Ethiopian eunuch was? The Bible says that this man was an influential man. But because of soul winning, the Holy Spirit brought Philip in proximity to this influential man. So at the table level, God gives you access. I was telling you last week about testimonies of some men of God yeah. who because of the Great Commission, God has given them access to presidents, access to people that matter in society. If they were doctors or lawyers, they wouldn't have gotten that access. But they got those access on the ticket of the what? The Great Commission. Just like Saul got access to 30 influential men at the table. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to understand these things. Ladies and gentlemen, something is cooking. Yeah. There is a cook somewhere. God is cooking a testimony. He's cooking something on your behalf. If only you can leave your comfort zone. Do you know, many people pray and say, Father, bring me a testimony. Let an angel bring me. It can happen. But sometimes if you don't leave your father's house, you will not encounter your cook. Be on your feet, everybody. I want us to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are blessed today? So blessed. Something is cooking. Yes. Yeah. Tap your neighbor and say something is cooking. Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed by this message. For this and more, follow Pastor Mark on Instagram and Facebook. And remember to share this message with friends and loved ones. Stay connected. We celebrate you.